The name's Bond. James Bond. You're a wizard, Harry. I drink your milkshake. You can't handle the truth. You gotta tear me apart, Lisa. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Movie Mafia podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Trout. I'm joined by my other two co-hosts. We're ready to get this going. We're missing our our fourth member, Gabrielle. You know, she's out for some personal issues, unfortunately, but she's not going to be here today. Maybe next week. We'll see. But in the meantime, the show must go on. So, you know, we got Lauren, Max, and me to fill the gap here. All right, guys. How, how's it been going for you guys so far? How's the week been going? <laughs> the last week before school starts. I know. I know. Yeah, just trying to enjoy every little bit of this at this point. Max, you're in California, right? Yes. Are you staying down there? Uh, for yeah. are, you, are you staying down there for you're not you're not gonna come back for uh yeah, like, anything? Yeah, it's yeah it's a lot. I mean it's for COVID as a lot of you guys know it's kind of the worst out here. You know one every eight I think is what it is. Angelino has COVID, so it's it's we're on complete <laughs> lockdown. So it's just totally tough and uh, yeah staying here in Los Angeles. Yeah, that makes sense. What about what about you, Lauren? Are you in uh, Are you in Philly? You coming down to Philly? What's your plan? Um, why leave Philly? I don't know. <laughs> I guess I have Harley Kelly's mentality from Always Sunny, which is just never leave. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a little bit outside Philly right now. I'm probably about two hours outside Philly, but I have an apartment that I I can't get out of my lease, so coming back. <laughs> Reluctantly, a little bit, Close but but coming back. Occupy both spaces. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like living on my own. You know, I, I it's nice to get out of the house, but uh, at least out of my parents' house. But you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I have all this money tied up in an apartment, so we got so gonna be down there. But all right, enough about my apartment situation. Let's talk about Please some go movies. Back to the clones, though. Back the clones. To the clones. <laughs> yes. The new season of Sabrina, she has a clone, and like one of the clones, like she like yes. duplicates herself, and yes. then one of them they live two different lives, which is what you could do. Yes, for for our audience, she's talking about the chilling adventures of Sabrina Sabrina Spellman. I watched it, season four, the finale season. I'll, I'll talk more about my review and stuff about it later, but it came out recently. I forget the exact date it came out. I'm gonna find that real quick. But um. Isn't that like a big New Year's release, like on New Year's Day or something? You're probably like right. Um, I heard something like it was either New Year's Eve or New Year's. Like yes, the thir- December 31st. So yeah, the, the day before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that's the finale season. Uh, I'll, I'll give my whole review about it li- t- towards the end. But, um, you know, I, I it was it was a great show um, and, and a great season for sure. Yeah. But, yes, I do wish I could clone myself like her. That would be nice. <laughs> um, all right. Well, with that being said, I do we do we do got to talk about some superhero news. It feels like we're the superhero podcast now, but it's just so prevalent in movies. Yeah. And so we we got to keep we got to talk about it. So uh, first, I just want to briefly touch over the Snyder cut. Uh, we mentioned it before on the show. Zack Snyder he directed Batman vs Superman, Man of Steel, and Justice League. Half of Justice League, I guess, because he went out about uh, towards the end of filming, and they um, for personal reasons, and Joss Whedon replaced him, and then changed up a bunch of stuff, 
And of course, we know that Justice League was a very poor release, widely criticized. So people wondered, hey, what was Zack Snyder's original vision? What did Joss Whedon take out that Zack Snyder wanted in? So that birthed the Snyder Cut and about you know over two years later. Looks like we're going to – the Snyder Cut is happening and it's planned for a release sometime in March this year. The Snyder Cut of the Justice League. So you know, I'm hopeful for it. Um, you know, as, as you know, Max, I'm not the biggest fan of Justice League and, and I'm sure you're not either. Yeah. But, um, but I am hopeful for this cut and I really do think it could be uh, a massive improvement. Yeah, I'm hopeful too. And it's weird because this is kind of the weirdest place that the DC fandom has been at in a long time. Um, the fact that everyone felt like, it felt like DC was kind of uniting. And then um, Wonder Woman has really split the fandom, in my opinion. And it feels like fans who wanted Patty Jenkins to be the new, to run the whole franchise, is now people are telling her to not direct the third one. So this has pretty big expectations because all the fans want to see this four-hour cut of the movie. So it's just weird because it, it's now this this Wonder Woman film felt like a Star Wars film where half the people loved it and the other half hated it. So it was just weird coming out of 84 like that. And that's a lot of divisive fandom heading into such a divisive film that we just had a couple years ago. So very, very interesting place, in my opinion, for the DC fandom. No doubt. Absolutely, yeah, no doubt. And Lauren, I know you're not. I know you're not uh, potentially the biggest superhero fan as me and Max are. I mean, no one else is a bigger superhero fan than me, at least. But, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, with all this superhero news, and you know, it feels like it's everywhere. I mean, what are your thoughts about it? You know, like from from someone that just sees this flood of it seems like never-ending superhero movies, TV shows, et cetera, et cetera. Like. With the superhero movies, it's like I kind of they go in one ear and out the other. Like if someone makes me watch them, I'll watch them. But Deadpool, I can get behind Deadpool. Like that, I would prefer Deadpool over regular superheroes any day of the week. I I totally agree. Deadpool's absolutely a great film. And speaking of that, we'll jump right into uh we have confirmed news. Deadpool three not only is coming, it's gonna be in the MCU. So for people, if you don't know what that means, the MCU is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That is the kind of world where, you know, Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man, all those guys operate in. So the MCU is meant to be um, a collection of all the superheroes and every superhero film in the MCU is connected with with each other. So um, an example of the opposite of that would kind of just be like... um, if you go to DC and you look at a movie like The Joker that released uh, not not too long, you know, what is it, a year or two ago now? Um, the Joker is a movie that is on its own and a standalone film. I mean, it's a DC film, but it's standalone and it's not connected to any other DC movies or any other superhero movies. It's isolated and completely in itself. So that's kind of the opposite of what the MCU stands for, if that makes sense for people. So, um, but anyway, yeah, so Deadpool 3 is coming and it's going to be in the MCU. Uh, you know, we knew this was, this was heavily speculated ever since Disney bought, uh, bought the, uh, bought, bought Fox and they have the rights to all the X-Men characters and Deadpool falls under that wing. And yeah. the, perhaps the biggest news, Max, Deadpool yeah. 3 will stay rated R. Yes. Uh, we, we don't know that for sure, 
but Kevin Feige, one of the head guys at Marvel, said it will stay rated R. Um, nothing's been set in stone yet, but that's I mean, that's what a lot of people were worried about. Yeah, I mean, and we and we were. I mean, this has been a conversation for superhero films for a long time now. And Deadpool, Logan broke those, and Joker as well broke that. That rated R films are fine for superhero films. You're not losing your audience. They're still billion dollar films, even though they're rated R. Um, I'm excited to see Deadpool in the Deadpool three in the MCU too. Um, what's fascinating fascinating is too for me is that obviously that this will obviously mean X Men officially will definitely be in the MCU. Uh, with Deadpool being the first mutant, basically, to be in the MCU at this point. Um, but normally when I rank the movies, when I rank the X-Men films, I include Deadpool 1 and 2 in those rankings when I do X-Men First Class, stuff like that. So it's interesting now to do Deadpool 3 where it can't fit in with the – will it fit in with those first two films? Because those first two films do joke at the Fox films. Will it still do that with a Disney over its head? Like how – how much more crazy or how much more what what, what, what do you, uh, opportunity will they give Ryan Reynolds to do? Like how, you know, he is pretty open. He's like head of create the, you know, the creative of the character. And, and it, it's a lot of um, stuff for Ryan Reynolds to do. So will they give him that much leeway in the MCU? Feige has his vision. Does Ryan Reynolds, I guess, seems like he's going to fit right into that vision that Feige has. For sure. And, you know, one of the things I'm worried about, you know, I'm, I'm a massive superhero fan, as I've said multiple times already this episode, but um, I love Deadpool. I love the MCU as well. So I was worried. I, you know, I wanted to see them together, but I'm also worried about how it'll be executed. Um, Deadpool is a very rated R movie. And if people haven't seen it before, it is incredibly crude, violent, gory, and, you know, a lot of strong language and, and suggestive scenes. It, it's a very it's absolutely nowhere near a family show. So bringing that into the MCU, which is very uh, Disneyified, you know, even even the harshest movies like Infinity War or Endgame, which deal with a lot of death, deal with it in a very you know uh, lessened version of it, and more so it can be uh, kind of catered to a family friendly style. Um, and I really don't know how Deadpool is going to turn out of that. I'm I was hoping, I was expecting it really to stay rated R, but yeah. is it going to be uh, more like a Disney movie or more like a Deadpool movie? And either way, I don't know if it's going to work. Deadpool yeah. side by side with other with Iron Man or, or Captain America. I mean, I guess Iron Man's gone now, but with Captain or um, you know whoever like Thor and all the other you know Spider Man and all that. Um, what's it going to look like? Is he going to make stupid jokes and puns that aren't, you know, what Deadpool is? Or is he going to just be super crude and harsh and, and uh, you know, ridiculous to the point where it's such a stark contrast where it just looks weird on screen? You know, and was, I'm, more, I'm very worried about that. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up because we obviously know Deadpool 3 can be rated R, but we, I, we can assume that this is not going to be the only Deadpool appearance in the in, involved in the universe you're probably gonna have to add him to a team-up movie which won't be rated r and we already saw deadpool in a non-rated r movie in um x-men origins wolverine and we saw how badly they handled that character in a non-rated r movie so that's a lot of pressure on mcu to first of all nail a third one because i'm not I'm, i don't i don't really love the second one definitely not as much as the first one 
Um, so I, I was really a little bit disappointed by the second one. And also what's exciting is that you get to also get Domino back from the second one, Colossus, like all these other side characters too. So I think it's exciting for that part. But when you look at it, like Deadpool has to be in a team-up movie where he can't curse probably and he can't be as violent. How will the character come across? And that's a tough challenge for the for, for Marvel to, to, to tackle. For sure. And uh, Lauren, you said you're a fan of Deadpool. So how do you think that kind of translates? You know, we're, we're talking about our issues, you know, uh, worries, I should say, with, with the show, with the movie coming to the MCU. You know, what do you think about Deadpool being under the Disney branch of movies? I think they could, they can definitely make it work. Like, it's likely they'll make it weird or screw it up. But like, if they just make it like a rebrand for Deadpool, like he's not changing. He's just adapting to the new world, kind of. And like, it's rated R, so it's 18 and up. Like they, there's no reason they can't be as, you know, filthy and raunchy as they want. So that's the hope. I hope for that. And, you know, talking about Deadpool coming to that universe, one thing, another thing uh, I've always speculated, you know, kind of thought about the show is how is that going to work? It's obviously established in the Deadpool movies, the first one and two, that the X-Men are there, they're real, they exist. You know, Colossus is obviously, you know, part of the X-Men, but him, they show the X-Men house and you see the characters from all the, you know, original X-Men movies. Um, I forget what they're all called now, like X-Men First Class and all those. You see the characters through the doorway in one of the end credit yeah. scenes. Um, so that's clearly telling you that this version of Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, is in the X-Men universe with these all these other characters and all these other movies that we've seen before. So if that is now all of a sudden in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how does that happen? Where where was Deadpool when Thanos was snapping everybody away? You know, wh where were the Avengers when uh, the X-Men were all fighting all these, you know, all the um I forget what they're called now. You know, you know what I'm talking about all the all the dudes in um Oh my god, the X-Men movie where they go back in time because the oh, robots Days are killing them all. Past. Yeah, Days of Future Past. So where where were the X-Men or where were the Avengers when those um I forgot what those specific android things were called but when those dudes were the robots were coming and killing all the uh, mutants you know where were they and also the term mutant you know is scarlet witch a mutant is, well, is she you know where 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 is that where does she stack up yeah i was gonna say um that i think the wandavision show is gonna give us our first set of mutants because in the comics wanda and vision have twins who are both mutants um wicket and speed who have already been featured we've seen wanda pregnant and having kids. Well, how does she have kids? kids? Visions and Android. That's that's the that's the that's the that's the part that we're gonna learn in the show. That um, that Wiccan Speed are mutants. So that seems like and they're twins, and it's, and it's what the show is setting up. So we that will uh, that's why the show's gonna be great because it's gonna introduce us to mutants for the first time in the MCU as well. Interesting. Uh, and I I'm imagining they're gonna do something with like a uh you know, the world's colliding or something where like a, a portal to a different dimension. And these are like, you know, uh, different worlds or different, you know, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I'm not sure how that's going to you know, turn out, but hopefully it's not super cheesy and it, it makes somewhat a sense. Would that's you be so. fine if when Deadpool, he's like going from like one universe to the other, they just break the fourth wall and you just see him signing the contract? Oh then, my like, God, that'd be amazing. If he was like going through the portal it. and like the camera zooms out and he's really just like signing a contract to Disney and he's it's like, like a Mickey Mouse logo on it or something. Yeah, it'd be great. Or like 
he just like literally just switches dimensions and was like, okay, well, this this is just forget everything you've known, but fine dining. Uh, what if he? What if when he's trying to curse or do something crude, it like censors over him? Like he's in like the Disney universe now, so he can't curse, like you know, stuff like that. Conscious <laughs> of it, like it's like he can yeah. interact with the censor block and like try to pull it away. Yeah, exactly. And everyone else is just like, what are you doing, you weirdo? Oh, that that'd be great, yeah, classic like Deadpool. It's probably gonna be kind of meta. That was my answer to your earlier question. How will they do it? Meta break the fourth wall. Cla that, well, that's that's uh, that's the hope. You know, that's exactly what I imagine Deadpool to be. I mean, he literally killed himself and is himself as ryan reynolds not even wade wilson like he killed he went back in time and killed ryan reynolds directing green lantern because the movie was bad <laughs> like writing green like that that is amazing like it really it literally cannot get better than that but um you know what else did they they, they kind of did that in sabrina they like left and then it was oh when they were doing their whole show but then it was yes. you know, like all the behind the scenes of the like seat like the sets that was weird. Yes, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Before we, we before we talk too much about our shows, I do just want to quickly wrap up the MCU and we can toss it in yeah. the corner and never talk about it again. So, so what's your thesis statement? <laughs> well, my my thesis on the MCU and particularly Deadpool is, man, I hope that they don't butcher this character. He's a great character. They've done great things with him. We've seen him at his worst, and we've seen him at his best, and we hope he stays at his best. Um, you know, the ball's in the in the uh, in the court of Kevin Feige and the guys running uh, Disney and Marvel here. To yeah. you know, they know what they have to do to make a good movie, and um, I hope they do it. And I hope that I hope Mickey Mouse doesn't scare them away. I mean, we have to trust Feige at this point. They've made twenty three films. And WandaVision is a big step for him as a producer and Marvel as a whole going into TV. Like we're getting WandaVision Friday, uh, Winter's Falcon and Winter Soldier in two months. So they're building a lot of stuff right now. Will people pay attention to everything like they do the movies? That's also a big question because you're going to have to pay attention to everything so you know what's going on in the films. So it's, 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 a, it's a very unique thing that we haven't seen any studio handle yet. And Marvel is going very taking big risks very early on in their process of doing it for sure and you touched on one division um for a second there yeah so it premieres in three days as, as of when we're recording this it appears on uh premieres on january 15th so yep yep i can't wait for it i assume you're going to be watching that as soon as it comes out yeah i it, i heard that it's 30 minutes an episode each to start the this so we're getting basically an hour off the bat, uh, just like the Mandalorian season one did where he gave you two episodes off the bat, they're giving us two. Um, I'm pumped for the show because the main reason why the show is going to be, well, I'm not sure if it's going to be great or anything, but the reason why I'm pumped for it is that it's, this is Marvel's biggest risk yet. Um, the idea of this whole show being in, in um, Wanda's head and having all these different things going on, bringing in Monica Rambeau, an older version from Captain Marvel, there's a lot going on here. And it's Marvel saying we're taking risks by basically doing sitcom episodes every week now. That's what the show is kind of going to be based on, at least in the beginning of the series, is doing old, you know, each episode's a different decade of a sitcom. I, I'm really pumped for WandaVision. I, I love Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, who deserve to be leading actors in Hollywood, who finally get their chance. Because obviously in the MCU, they've been very supporting in the in the group. And... Um, and it's nice to see them back on screen together since Infinity War. So 
it, it also sets up Doctor Strange 2 at the same time, and it introduces mutants. So what, I mean, this is going to be a fun, fun show to kick off the, the I mean, we've, we've had a year off of the MCU yeah. for the first time in like 12 years. So we haven't had an MCU movie or 13 years, whatever it is. So um, Friday can't come soon enough for me. Yeah, and I think it's a nice break. I enjoy this little break because it makes me more interested in the MCU again. Whereas rapid fire films every year, maybe if WandaVision had came out a year ago, I really wouldn't be that interested in watching it. As I as uh, compared to right now, where I can't wait to watch it. And I tell you, I just have so many questions about this show. I mean, you said it's all in our head. I mean, what does that mean? Does the Mind Stone have anything to do with this? Because the last time we really saw Vision was him getting the Mind Stone ripped out of his head by Thanos. You know, yeah. what happened to Vision? Where's Vision? Is he alive? Or is he just a figment of um, Scarlet Witch's, you know, a memory that she just can't get over that she lost him? You know, where does this take place? Is this, is this, a, does this all take place when she got snapped away? And this is the world she lived in when she was snapped away by Thanos in Infinity War? Or is this uh, after Endgame and some something has happened and now she's in this state? You know, I, I just have an infinite amount of questions and I can't wait for the show to answer them all for me. Yeah, and I mean, I, I assume we're going to do some spoiler reviews of that show every week, but sure. it, it's it's exciting because it feels the, the most fresh thing the MCU has done in a long time. It doesn't feel like another superhero thing. It feels so unique to these two characters that it, it, my interest is up there for sure. And then we get Falcon Winter Soldier a week after we're done this show. So boom, 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 right into the next show. So I, I am pumped for this MCU year. Yeah, absolutely. And I will just remind everyone, WandaVision, since it's an MCU show, will be on Disney Plus January 15th. Uh, and we will be doing reviews on this show for it. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. That's the MCU. We'll toss it into this little ball here and get the hell out of here. All right. It's gone forever now. Okay. At least until the next episode. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in, in the meantime, though, let, let's let's talk a little bit about... Something I was so excited. I could not wait to talk about on the show today. Ready Player Two. Ready Player Two. Um, a little bit of news. Small little bit of news. I recently rewatched Ready Player One. And I loved the movie the first time I watched it. Rewatched it. Loved it twice as much. Um, I you know, went to Googling. Went to doing some researching. And I found some news for a sequel movie. So Ready Play- So these are based off the books. If you guys don't know that. Uh, the original Ready Player One book was uh, released by Ernest Cline in 2011, and it was adapted into the Red Ready Player One movie in, uh, was it 2018, I believe? 18, was, yeah. yeah, 18. And at the, while the movie was being um, adapted from you know book to film, Ernest Cline did have an influence on the movie in some capacity. He was credited. I'm not sure what he, how much he did, but I know that he worked on the film in at least some portions of it. Um, since then, and I should also mention Steven Spielberg, obviously the famous director was the original director for Ready Player One. And that movie was very successful. I loved it. You know, it was a pretty good movie. Some people didn't like it. It wasn't perfect reviews, but, um, you know, I think they were pretty good for the most part. And, um, since then there's kind of been a dull period where we're waiting on the author Ernest Cline to make the release their second book. And then presumably the movie would then come after that. They're not a one-to-one yeah. -one remake, you know, book to film. Uh, there is differences, but the general storyline seems to be relatively the same. So um, Ernest Cline's book 
did release in 2020. I believe it was November 24th, 2020, this past year. So not too long ago, a little over you know, a month or two ago. Um, and the book had mixed reviews, some things good, some things not, not so great. But as we know, movies tend to be more popular than books, especially in this uh, situation. So um, now, that the, now that Ready Player Two's book is done, it looks like the movie is now in early stages of development. Very, very early. So much so that I really had to dig to find news about this. Um, you know, not many people are reporting it. It doesn't seem like this movie is going to be made this year. Most likely a 2022 release. Um, but what we do know about the film is that it's unlikely for Steven Spielberg to return. You know, that really sucks for me. Uh, Spielberg's a great director. You know, he's done so many uh, absolutely fantastic films. And I really hope that his lack of presence, if that ends up being the case, um, isn't lost on this movie or doesn't take away from this movie. You know, I don't know who they're going to get to replace someone like Steven Spielberg, but, um, you know, we, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how that turns out. But uh, I, I got to say, as a huge fan of the film, I am just concerned that it will take a step off without him. But regardless, you know, um, the Ready Player One and you know, Ready Player Two, I assume, is a film that takes a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of stuff from other films. You know, we saw... Uh, Parzival's character riding uh, the um, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, you know, all the different video game characters that were sprinkled in it, like the Master Chief from Halo, or uh, when the Lancer from Gears of War, or, you know, stuff like that, all the different movie video games, you know, Tracer from Overwatch, um, yeah. ton The Shining was referenced in it. They, they, were, they went inside the movie The Shining during the... Uh, during the film, you know, fighting King Kong, Godzilla references, you know, all, all over the place. So the movie is really just a cluster of other, you know, famous pop culture references. Um, so I'm hoping to see that in Ready Player Two as well as, you know, as it was in the original. Yeah. But yeah, so I'll open it up to you, Max. You know, what do you think about this film, especially this film uh, without Steven Spielberg potentially? Yeah, I mean, I and we can talk about the first film as well. I really thought the first film was, I loved it the first time I've watched it. The more I watch it, I see a lot more criticisms with the film, but I am excited for a sequel because there's a lot more to do in the world. Um, and the main thing I want in the second film is just a better usage of the human, like Earth, like the human side of the virtual. I thought that was handled very poorly in the first one, the idea of him having a rough, um aunt and uncle relationship and them dying and you kind of forget that they died in the film when you finish it um i would like to see even though everyone wants to see the virtual reality you know that type of stuff uh, which i absolutely loved and in the movie it's easily the best part of the film it has to be an evened out film and you have if you want to show if you want to give a lot of attention to these good people in there in on earth you have to build up their characters a lot better and that's the my main issue with the first film spielberg not coming back isn't a shocker it's kind of just like jurassic park he directed the first two, and then he stepped aside, but still produced the films, which he'll probably still do for this one. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting because the film Spielberg is so busy, but you know, this is a, a franchise that he could really build upon. Um, he also just left the Tintin franchise as a director as well, which I was also very disappointed in. I believe Tintin is one of his better works as well. So it's weird that Spielberg keeps stepping down from his original films in a franchise very interesting 
Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely very uh, interesting to me as well. And one of the things that you touched on, talking about you know Ready Player One needs to expand more um, into its real you know the real life version you know real life side. I totally agree with that. Um, when I look back at the movie, I really liked it, but it was two and a half hours, and I really don't know what yeah. I cut out uh, to add in more scenes, you know, developing oh, yeah. the ant. And and I, I totally agree with you though. If you want the virtual reality side of it to mean more, to be more impactful, you have to, and the characters to be more impactful, yeah. you have to develop the real versions of them. Because sometimes I felt like when we looked at, at the characters, like I can't even I can't. Uh, what was it? Wade Watts was his name, right? Um, you, remember, you remember the first you, you remember the main two characters and yeah. they call themselves the fab five at the end the high five get no whatever the high five you get literally no yeah. background on a lot of those characters um and they're just they're just named that it just felt very forced in because it happened in the book do you know what i mean yes I, I agree has, in both books i've had a lot of criticism really with the writing itself like not the story but with the writing like the dialogue and i hope that and Ernest Klein, I think Ernest Klein also wrote the screenplay for the movie, if I'm not mistaken. So I wonder right. if he, I wonder if he also writes the screenplay for this one too, which I actually don't want because I want to see someone adapt his work and do something different with it. That's my main issue, also with like, for example, the Fantastic Beast movies. The fact that J.K. Rowling is actually the one writing the scripts for those movies, and those movies have some bad dialogue in it. So you you, you do have to separate. From a, a book author and a movie screenplay writer, in my opinion. For sure, and I feel like when you have someone like Steven Spielberg around, who is just a yeah. massive, you know, uh, influence, that he can kind of dictate more. But I hope so. I hope that we get either Spielberg to return or someone else of that stature or caliber to return. Otherwise, I I am just like you, a little concerned that the uh, the original author might have uh, more power to to control the movie. Um, if yeah. there isn't a director that is, uh, as of, yeah, that's a really high quality director or at least well-known and influential that kind of has that power. And, um, yeah, you know, one of the things I wanted to say is that to that, to the point you've been making as well, when I think about the movie and I think about what's the name of the main character, Parzival comes to my head way quicker, or at least no, the image not. of his avatar comes to my head like that as, a, as compared to Wade Watts or, you know, what he looks like. Even though he has plenty of screen time, you know, his name, like Wade Watch, just like kind of just, oh, yeah, haha, Wade Wilson, like Deadpool, you know, like, yeah, they, they kind of just glossed over that. And, you know, then, then it's just back to being in the game, doing cool stuff. And also, you know, they mentioned, oh, in the beginning dialogue, uh, monologue, I guess, he mentions that his uh, mom and dad died when he was young. I would have loved to see some backstory on that. I would have loved to see, like, you know, he said he grew up in like a harsh area. His mom and dad died. Now he has to live with his aunt. And now all we see is his aunt, who's a pushover, uh, yeah. dating some scumbag guy who just takes advantage of him. So like, and yes, that die. sucks. Yeah, and then they just die. And they blow up off camera. Well, you see the explosion, but you don't, you know, see anything else from them. They're in there, they blow up, and that's it. And all they're meant to do is to go, wow, Wade Watts has it rough. He understands what it's like to be unfortunate. And yeah. it's just like, so, and that, and that is how his, his character connects more with um, Artemis, or uh, I don't even remember what her name is. I have no idea what her name is either. Yeah, I, see, that's the point. Like, I literally remember her name's Artemis, but um, I'm, all I remember is she, her name's Artemis, and she has a birthmark on her face, but that, that's it. But um, 
but yeah, so that all, all that's used for, all that his aunt and his aunt uh, death is used for is to connect him to Artemis. Because Artemis is someone who was struggling, and he was someone who, you know, now is on her level, I suppose. And that's what they were going for. And I think that's just a kind of a shitty way to connect those dots and to merge those characters together. Um, I think there's better ways to get that done. And I would have loved to see the film explore more, um, you know, even if it had to be, even if we had to drastically change it and make it so, you know, maybe he doesn't even finish the challenges and he doesn't, you know, solve the riddle and crack the code or whatever uh, and get all three keys to, to win the, the, the contest and inherit $500 billion. Even if he doesn't get to that stage, he doesn't beat it, that could be the second movie. And the first movie can just be backstory on him, what happened with his real parents, you know, what's it like living in, with his aunt and his um and, and you know this other guy, scumbag guy now, you know, what's his life like on a day-to-day -day basis? What are his friendships like? We don't see a single friendship with you know him and anyone else besides him and his video game friends yeah. until you know they come on screen and then he meets them in person. But before that, there's absolutely no human interaction with him and anyone else besides his aunt and his scumbag, her, her scumbag boyfriend for yeah. 30 seconds. And that's it. And I, I, that's weak. That's very weak. And, uh, and developing the world, too. There's a couple shots of the trailers and, like, you know, kind of a crappy world, but they don't explain anything about it. They don't explain very much at all how the world got to this location. Just, like, very brief, like, oh, this happened and this, uh, the crash, the stock market crash of 2025 or whatever they said. You know, that doesn't explain anything. That's just a little bit of a side thing we i want more information but yeah. you know we can at least hope you know ready player two will be coming and hopefully they they really nail the world atmosphere um in that as opposed to the virtual element you know but we'll have to see yeah and i agree and i also loved um ben mendelson as nolan sorrento as the villain he is wonder, so good as villains I wonder, I wonder if he is back for the sequel as well. I mean, that would hook me a lot more because he's one of my favorite actors, but if he's not, I'm still going to watch it, but Sorrento was a very interesting villain that became generic towards the end of the movie who they could turn into something really big in future films as well. Yeah, and I just think I love him and I hate him, if that makes sense. He just plays he is, the yeah. wormiest villains. Like, oh, yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. you remember, he's the... He's the guy who gave Bane all the money in The Dark Knight Rises, yeah, and then Bane yeah. kills him. And and so he is just such a worm, wormy villain, wormy Rogue guy one. in that movie. And, and then he's all yes, and he's Rogue One. Uh, he's director Krennic, right? Yeah. I think this is his name. Yeah. He's director yeah. Krennic in, in Rogue One, and he has that wormy scene with Darth Vader where he's like, "Does that mean I'm the admiral now? Now that so and so is dead?" And then um. Yeah. And while he's like trying to kiss Darth Vader's ass, it just it's a little it's just so wormy. And then now, of course, he's the wormy douchebag villain in this movie, where he um he's just obviously one step behind everybody else for like it seems like the whole movie. He he has his password to his virtual reality headset written on a sticky note on the side of his desk, like such a dad thing. And then that's how they hack his virtual reality. Like that's how they get a, a whole upper hand. And it really turns around for the heroes or the good guys in the story. It's because they see his password just written on the side of his desk. And they're like, oh. And his password is Bossman69. Like, come on. And the and the two S's in boss are dollar signs. Like, this is – it is the cringiest, stereotypical, wormy villain character ever. And I got to say, I love him. But I hate him. 
don't know if that makes sense at all. But come back as a worm. Yes, actually, I, I, when he goes into the virtual reality world, he should just be a worm slithering on the ground. <laughs> we'll make sure they do that in the. Have you have you seen Ready Player One, Lauren? Yeah, that was good. I my mom made me watch it. Um, but I was just reading the um, plot for the second book. Book cover's great, really good typography. Um, but it looks like in the plot they have this dilemma of like releasing more technology into the world and like getting that will make people want to stay in the oasis longer which is the same argument we actually have right now in real life with like apple and google and how they're designing things to keep us there longer and how it's bad for our health so both the book and real life and the movie hopefully will all talk about how um humans like this moral dilemma with like technology and like releasing it to the public for sure yeah all right, well, any other closing thoughts, Max, while, before we uh, wrap up Ready Player yeah. 2? Nope. All righty. Well, all right, so our final segment are what we've watched. We have some stuff we've been watching recently. So, uh, Max, take it away. What, what have you been watching? Um, so I got a couple of things all brand new this past week. Um, I'll just do a TV show, and then I'll do my full review of a movie. So the two shows I watched, Dickinson Season 2 just came back on Apple TV+. Plus. That's with Haley Steinfeld. She's now becoming um, Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. She's right. becoming one of the biggest superstars, singing and movie actor at the moment. Um, she's really fantastic in the show. They released three episodes um, off the bat, and then they're going weekly, once a week. Um, really loves Dickinson. If you have Apple TV+, Plus, definitely binge season one. It's only 30 minutes a pop, so um, it's easy to watch. And then this past uh, Sunday on HBO, um, they released a part one of a part two Tiger Woods documentary that Tiger hasn't even approved on. Um, so uh, I think it's a, if you're a sports fan, golf fan, you understand how famous Tiger Woods is, the, you know, the Michael Jordan of golf in, uh, uh, per se. Um, and you hear his backstory and all of the mistakes he makes. And it was a pretty amazing documentary. Um, and then the movie that I want to talk to you guys about is called Pieces of a Woman, which just came out on Netflix this past Friday, uh, Thursday. Um, will be a part of Oscar season uh, for sure, especially Vanessa Kirby, who could be winning at, at least nominated um, for this performance. Um, she's from The Crown, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, and she played Shaw's sister in Hobbs and Shaw. So she's becoming a very big deal now. Um, she will be nominated for this performance. Um, Shia LaBeouf is also in the movie. He has a lot of controversy going on um, after just being fired off a movie set, but he's also giving his best performance in the movie. Uh, just about a failed pregnancy, a pregnancy gone wrong, and how that how you move on from a failed pregnancy is kind of the plot of the movie. I'm not going to spoil what happens that happens wrong, but uh, the first 30 minutes is one take, and it's fantastic. And um, I gave the film an 84%, so I really, really liked it. Um, so if you're an Oscar person or you like Vanessa Kirby and Shia LaBeouf, I would highly recommend checking out Pieces of a Woman on Netflix that just came out on uh, this past Thursday. For sure. And you said the first 30 minutes are all one take. That really a, gives me – It's a one take. It's unbelievably wow. great. That gives yeah. me uh, vibes of from 1917, if you saw that. Yes. It came out a little yes. while ago, well, about a year or so ago at this point. That was the war movie taking place during World War One that also I think had like the first 30, 45 minutes, something like that, all one take. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, when you realize what's going on in the first 30 minutes, again, I don't want to spoil it because 
I don't I didn't really know the plot heading in, so a lot of stuff was just heartbreaking as well as going on. But the first thirty minutes about this actual pregnancy going on is truly great filmmaking and um, great acting from Kirby and LaBeouf. So I really do recommend this movie. It is depressing, really hard to watch, especially during COVID because it's about a pregnancy going wrong in some way. So, but it's it's tough to watch. But if you're an Oscar person, I would highly recommend checking it out. Awesome. And speaking of tough to watch so shows, I finally got around to watching Soul. And oh my God, my heart is crushed into a million pieces. It was That's it was great. amazing. I I'm, I babysit uh, for a little boy, so he wanted to watch Soul, so I happily obliged, and um, we we decided to watch it. And oh my gosh, it was so much better than I thought it would be. Uh, I was blown away. And the it, it as a Disney movie, the themes of death, where he dies, and like towards the beginning of the movie, and then how they show the afterlife, and how they show you know going to heaven as this like all consuming white energy like ball it was almost scary so i'm just surprised they went with that i'm impressed honestly it was scarier than i thought they would make for that movie like that and then um they they showed you know um i love the different stuff where it's crafting a person you know how do people get made and they're just like they just take this person and they go all right you know you're a manipulative personality all right over here okay you know you're a hard worker okay over here you know like you're a diva okay over here I just love how they craft that and um, you know they kind of predetermine what you're like and I thought that was a really interesting take on it um, or just a, a new kind of style and, uh, and then also you know I, we, we saw some of the funny little bits where um, you know eventually our main character I forget all their names now it's been like a week since I watched it but um, uh, where where the main guy goes and meets um, oh, what, what, what is her number? 22. 22. Right. So he goes and meets 22, the, the, like the, I guess the 22, 22nd soul that hasn't, you know, been able to pass on to earth because she hasn't found her spark. Um, you know, so when he meets her and she's kind of taking him around, showing around all everywhere and they go to that one area where it's all like the, the dark sand area and um, you see all the people floating in the sky and they're in their own bubbles and that is supposed to be where you go, where your brain goes when you're in the zone. So when you're super focused, like a writer writing a book or, you know, um, a sports player in the middle of a game. Yeah. And um, it's just yeah. like that's where you're at. You're in the zone. So she she goes and throws like a tennis ball at one of the people like a, it's, a, you know, someone on their piano and they get knocked out of the zone. And then in real life, the effect of that is she – whoever's playing their piano all of a sudden – loses her train of thought so you know there's plenty of times in my life where i've been doing something i've been focused and i lose my train of thought so i guess that's how they kind of poke fun and jab at that and the funniest part of that was as a huge sports fan when she throws the tennis ball at the basketball player and he he uh, knocks him out of his focus and he misses the dunk that's the knicks player and as if you follow basketball or sports at all the new york knicks are one of the most plagued franchises in terms of man they just cannot win it anything they just can't even get close uh, and it, it has just been terrible for the new york knicks for years maybe like, what 40 50 years now it has just been a whole it's been terrible and they've gotten close and then just have been able to get there um in terms of winning a championship but yeah then of course 22 goes yeah at the 22 goes oh look at this team I, i've been messing with them for years for decades 
And that is just such an, a hilarious nod at the New York yeah. Knicks. Um, I think that's perfect. I love that. And other than that, you know, just everything I've said about it just being very kind of intense themes of death and and sadness and like your life flashing before your eyes and you know the main character I forget his name right now but the main character lived his whole life where he wasn't content and he wasn't happy and by the end of it he was upset at first that he was going to lose his life um you know when he ha- when he feels like he hasn't done anything with it and then he just resided to the fact that you know what I live my life you know that's done with I'm going to go do my own thing now. I'm going to go up to heaven. And, you know, even though I didn't do exactly what I wanted to do, it's not really my life anymore because, you know, his personality has kind of changed since 22 has inherited his body. So, and then him just kind of resigning himself to death was, you know, really hard to see. And I thought it was incredibly powerful. And I just left this movie thinking, was that a Disney movie? I mean, whoa, my God. I mean, I thought Disney couldn't make better animated movies. I was wrong. I was wrong. And, um, you know, other than... I, I don't know how anything can, you know, beat Soul. I probably should have finished my list with that and not started it. But we're already here. So I'll quickly touch on uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Spellman. We mentioned it earlier in the show. But um, they released Season 4 on December 31st earlier. So uh, not too long ago, a couple weeks ago now. It's the finale season, so the show's done. It's gone. It's over. Uh, after only four seasons, uh, I really liked it. Uh, I thought the earlier seasons were definitely better. In my opinion, if I ranked each season, it would start like this and then just quickly start, you know, kind of shifting down. I did like the final season. It was good, but um, I, I missed the season one days of, of this show. It was much better in the beginning for me. I enjoyed it then. But, um, you know, we're at the end now. Uh, I understand it. I don't know how much more they could have gone. You know, they kind of went the opposite of storylines I was hoping they would go towards. But it is what it is. Um, the show's done now. So I highly recommend if you're interested in a show that kind of – it's more, it's so, sort of like a teen drama but also all the you know elements of like a witch, warlock type, uh, you know, magic type show. Um, well done. Very well done. Good cast. Enjoyed it. And then lastly – uh, Yeah, the outfits are spectacular. And, uh, and, and lastly, I didn't want to touch, we, we talked plenty about Ready Player One, but I recently rewatched it yesterday, in fact. And if anyone hasn't watched it, highly recommend it from me. Highly recommend it. I, I, it was two and a half hours. I, the second time I watched it and I could not put it down. Um, incredible movie, but all right. So, uh, so Lauren, I guess you're last here on our, what we've watched. Finish this out. I can, I can put off Tenet until next week. And then if you guys want time to watch it, we can all talk about it. Uh, Max, have you got around to watching Tenet? I'm not sure I have the time. I, if you can do a non-spoiler, that would be great. I don't yeah. know when I can watch it. Yeah, no, I can, I can wait until next week to do We can just wrap up today if you don't like. If you don't want to go over. Well, if you, if you could good. do – no, no, no. It's, it's, uh, give us a little non-spoilery review of Tenet. Yeah. Give, like, give us a little – give us footnotes. So basically, like, if you like those weird time travel Inception, Unstuck in Time, like, sci-fi movie, like, that's for you. Um, and the whole point of it with time travel in this movie, what makes it different, is when you do it and you, you're in the reverse, you're going through time backwards. So for you, everything is moving backwards. People are running backwards, cars are backwards, wind is backwards. 
and you can't breathe the air, you have to bring your own air. And that's kind of like how this movie takes a different approach at like time travel and like time loops. And then it's like, yeah, and it's kind of inception-y. I, you guys cut out, are you still there? <laughs> yep, I, I, I see you. Keep going, yeah, we, so, yeah. I, you haven't cut out for me, so. You haven't cut okay. out for me either. You both like freeze, but then you're also both pretty still, so I can never tell. <laughs> that is so, true here. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to keep moving around so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Tenet basically like you're following this CIA agent guy. They get they he they fake his death. I don't know who's testing him. I was kind of confused, but someone was like testing him for allegiance to like the world because like the world's totally ending because of this Russian guy. So like. There's a level beyond the CIA of like people who are trying to train to end the end of the world, but like no one knows about it, and it's it's like yeah, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> Did you like it or not? I I liked it enough, but like I was like confused a lot. I'm like I can rewatch it. Maybe that'll that's help. Hearing. That's what I've been hearing too. I heard one that it's super loud that sometimes you can't even hear the dialogue from the yeah. character. And then two is it confusing. That's what I've been hearing. Yeah, so it was very like like I just kind of like they would say something to be like, oh sure, what? Like now that's happening? Okay. Um, so what was it? Who's the the guy, Robert Patterson guy? Yeah, Pattinson, yeah. Pattinson, yeah. yeah. So the vampire is in that, but he's not a vampire. Um, Edward. And like the, but like the whole time you're looking at him, you're like, do you you wanna are you gonna eat somebody? Like Oh my gosh, yeah! Isn't that isn't that a uh, who directed that? Is that a Christopher Nolan? Christopher Nolan. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, if if you're interested in rewatching it, Lauren, I mean, I would be happy. I mean, we we could even see if Gabrielle would be in on it. We could uh, maybe find some time to virtually have a little watch party together. Yeah, yeah, I rented it already on Amazon Prime. So if I was like to screen share it, like I still have it rented for like another thirty hours. I don't know how sick she is. If if Gab wants to watch it, but well, I, I can talk to her. We can figure that out. You know, right. I, I I have my ways. You know, I can I can find us something. Pirate movies. Well, I think this is probably a conversation for uh, off the air, but yes. I will help you with. Uh, I'll help you with you know getting some movies. Don't worry about it. I got you. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. Well. Is there, is there anything else you is there anything else you want to talk about, Lauren? Do you, any other? <laughs> Go ahead, Max. What's yeah. up? Yeah, so I'll say that this is a pretty big week for stuff coming out. We already talked about WandaVision's coming out um, this upcoming Friday. A new movie that's going to be in Oscar contention is called One Night in Miami. That's coming out this Friday on Amazon Prime, which should be very exciting. And then there's a sci-fi Netflix film with Anthony Mackie coming out on Friday as well. So. There's a lot coming out. Um, I'll be definitely watching all of them. So um, I'll be having those reviews for you guys next week here on the pod. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Looking yeah. forward to it. All right, guys. Well, with that being said, I'll wrap it up here. We have been the Movie Mafia. Thank you all so much for watching tuning in. We will see you in the next episode. Peace.